The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, June 13th, and today we will be looking ahead to Game 5 of the NBA Finals, which apparently is Monday night. And we'll also be taking a look back at the ninth round, ninth round of Fantasy Leagues, and which of those players, there are some intriguing ones, which of those players we will or won't be aggressively drafting next year in our Fantasy Leagues. And as we get started here, I'm joined, as always, on Mondays by Dr. A, Steve Alexander, Wearing his freshly pressed, freshly washed Trey Young Hawks jersey. Steve looks great. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, great. I watched that movie, The Hustle. Uh huh. This morning, no, no, no spoilers. Zero, zero spoilers. I will just say no that the shirt is inspired by the movie. It's it's a movie about NBA NBA basketball, basically. It's a fiction fiction story, but fictional uh, film. Fictional film, but uh, yeah, Adam Sandler's in it. Nice. A lot of people, I think, you're, if if people aren't talking about it right now, they're going to be by probably the end of the day. So you maybe you heard it here first, uh, Matt. Also, as you know, I'm an avid NASCAR NASCAR pool, pool runner. runner over yes. there at the over there at the JBs. I picked Daniel Suarez and Chris Boucher Boucher. I don't even know how to say his name. Chris Where Boucher. Where my team? For my team this week, and they finished first and second. Daniel Suarez got his first ever win. I finally won wow. the pool. It's been a minute. Last little weekend tidbit. I didn't play golf this weekend, so I just have random tidbits to share with you. Um, yeah, sure. Father's Day gift from my daughter. She went and got a, a replica World Series ring at the game the other day. Wow. Brought it home and gave it to me for Father's Day. So Early, early Father's Day. little early Father's Day gift. And the Braves. Braves smoking hot Braves. right now, man. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. I'm sorry, I have to backtrack briefly to one thing there. Did you say a NASCAR driver named Chris Boucher won you <laughs> won you some money this weekend? Because that is the ultimate turn of events, I think, in your life. I think his name is Busher. You know, I you, you okay. would think I would know this. It's Bosch. Uh, it's Chris Bosch. I it it could be Boucher, it could be Busher. It, I think it's Busher, but there's an E in there. There's an E in there in the middle. I mean, he finished second. I mean, also what also we'd really knew it, need to do at some point is turn on a TV, and I'm sure they would say his name. But well, yeah, if only. I don't only. usually have the sound on when I'm when I'm doing yeah. my NASCAR. Well, and during this podcast, you shouldn't have your sound on either. I think That's you've true. learned that by now. That's true. Steve, we you just did a little show and tell. I have a little show and tell for you. You ready for what this? What you got? What you got? I was a similar theme. I was at a friend's a friend had a get together this weekend. He's recently been cleaning out an old attic so there's a lot of like you know old stuff coming out of there he was wearing a 1990 uh world series hat at the party that he had just recently pulled out of an attic that was an amazing <laughs> keepsake but then he went over to like a box of stuff he had he was like giving stuff to people he was like matt this is for you he pulls out this sid bream you're kidding slides. you are kidding 
Sid Bream slides commemorative bobblehead. Look at Steve's face. Dude, that's the most expensive Braves bobblehead in existence. They're impossible yeah, to get. He's. I have one. I have one now. He oh said. I, he said I got three of them. I don't know how, but he told me how much it was worth, and he was like, "That seemed like a decent amount of money." But I'm not gonna, well, Steve. I'm not getting rid of that. That is gonna build a little shelf over here. Yeah. Not so much here, but right here, and I'm gonna put it on there. But I also want to say. Today and today only. This is a podcast only offer. I will sell you that bobblehead for one hundred thousand dollars <laughs> right here, right now. Well, dude, you know my daughter is like the bobble, the Braves bobblehead queen. She has she yeah. has them all. And the one one that we didn't go to that season was Sid Slides because I was out of town or something. I think I was on a golf trip, and she's always been mad at me for it. And she bought one on eBay, like two years yeah. ago before the price really went nuts but that's her favorite we, we, she we, i was at her house on s- saturday night matt she was showing me her bobbleheads talking to me about the sid slides and how that's her favorite and you just randomly pull one out of yeah. a, an attic from 1997 I, I, it's awesome we got to move on because we're not actually here to talk about baseball bobbleheads but what is the bobblehead etiquette here? Do I put the bobblehead itself on the shelf? Do I just put the full box on the shelf, keep the bobblehead in there? What do you do? Depends. I've got, four, I've got four cats, so leaving them yeah. in the box is the right way to go. But I, I take them out of the box. You just want to keep the box. You don't want to tear the box. Now, if you're right. looking to just make make $100,000 you know, when you're in a wheelchair, then you leave it in the box altogether. It right. really depends on what your goal is here, Matt. Yeah, no, I think I just want to showcase it. I want to yeah. showcase it. And unless that offer comes in in the next 30 minutes or so, unless you meet my price and then it's coming. Get your that way. thing out of the styrofoam into the yeah. world. Let's yeah. see slide. Coming soon. Coming soon to a, a a wall behind me near you. Okay. Let's move ahead to the business at hand. As I said, we're going to be talking about the ninth round of fantasy leagues and what we think of those players moving forward in just a few minutes. But first, a very brief look ahead to Game 5 of the NBA Finals, which, of course, is Monday night in San Francisco. Series now tied 2-2. The Warriors, according to PointsBet, are four-point favorites after their Game 4 win. Steve, what are you what are you watching for here? What do you think is going to happen? I mean, I know you've picked the Warriors to win the series. I, too, have picked the Warriors to win the series. Uh, what what are you looking for in game five? I think the last time we spoke was before game three. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, the winner tonight is going to win the series. And then Golden State lost. And right. Boston won. And then Golden State won game four. So we're still right back where we were. It's, we're it's two to two. It, it could be as if both teams won both of their home games or whatever. Right. But game five in these seven-game series is truly the one where the team that wins game five usually goes on to win the series like 80% of the time. And I, I like the Warriors at home. And I, I don't know specifically what I'm looking for. I think I'm looking for Steph Curry to stay hot. If Clay Thompson could get it going, the Warriors would be a lot harder to stop. But he has not had a great, a great finals so far. Yeah, so Steph, of course, had 43-10 and 10 on Friday night. Andrew Wiggins was super impressive in that game. 17 points, 16 rebounds. Jason Tatum struggled, 8 for 23, with six turnovers. I, I wish that—I I just feel like this is—it's it, wild because none of these games have been especially close. Game four was really the closest game with it—you know, ended up being 10 points. We still haven't had a single-digit finish yet, but— 
it's weird that none of the games have been super duper close. We haven't had like a two point nail biter, but the series basically still feels like, I mean, I, almost a coin flip. I mean, yeah, the Warriors have two home games left, but wouldn't shock me at all to see the Celtics win it at this point. Still, yeah, I don't think this this finals is going to go down in the annals is like, oh man, that that twenty twenty two finals was just amazing yeah. because the right. games they've been a lot of blowouts, like you said, but. As far as the overall series goes, it is tied at 2-2. We could get a classic Game 5 tonight. Who knows? Yeah, and that yeah. might help erase some of the the memories from Games 1, 2, and 3. I thought Game 4 was pretty good because it was it could have gone either way till really the, you know, till the end. And it was it was at least entertaining. More more entertaining to watch the end of that game than it has been the other ones. Yeah. I mean, we're due for a, a great game. We're trending that direction, I feel like. We could still, I, I mean, you you know, these last three games could make us forget about the first four, and, and we could end up with an incredible, unforgettable series. There's still time, Steve, with these there three is. games. There is. There's two, plenty of time. Two to three games left. One quick note that I saw on NBC Sports Edge on Sunday, which is that Robert Williams said on Sunday that he has had more of his, quote, usual explosion after the last few games. He's already been playing really well, but... Sounding like he is trending back toward full health after a really up and down playoffs uh, with that knee issue. So yeah, that's good. Uh, well, that's that's good for the Celtics for sure. You know, we we love we love the Time Lord around here, and uh, and also, you know, it it sort of seems the if if Jason Tatum plays well, the Celtics win. If Jason Tatum mm-hmm. plays mediocre to not so well, they lose. So. A lot of pressure on Jason Tatum's shoulders tonight, I think. And having a fully healthy Robert Williams can do nothing but help him out. Yeah, and Tatum, I'm just double-checking his shooting numbers. Yeah, he's shooting 34% in these finals, which is just crazy, on 20 attempts per game. 34% from the floor. Weirdly, he's shooting 45% on threes in the finals and 34% overall, which is mind bending stuff don't, that's crazy. don't make don't make no sense <laughs> 73 from the line too what a weird what a weird weird finals he's having 7.8 assists too i mean he did have that 13 assist game that that boosts that number but still i mean yeah strange stuff 45 from three 34 from the floor i can't wrap my head around that it's weird it's definitely weird all right well game five looking forward to watching it we are gonna hit the fantasy ninth round coming up in just a second first a very quick break Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. And this is just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs on the PGA Tour and NASCAR circuit. We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. All right, the last eight weeks, apparently, we have gone through round by round and broken down the players in each round in terms of fantasy value and how intrigued we are or aren't to be drafting them next year. We've been doing this via Basketball Monsters, nine category rankings, just the regular season, obviously, season averages, not totals. So today, Steve, we're hitting the ninth round. As we said last week, it's an interesting one. It is. It is interesting. I'm excited about this. Uh Yeah. You know, it's funny. I don't even know. I think you came up with the idea to do this. Like, hey, let's just go down round round one next week and see what see yeah. we think. And it it's kind of fun to do. And we just kept going, and now we're all the way down to round nine. So yeah, this is going to take us pretty pretty well towards the start of maybe summer league or or even training camp by the time we're done. So it is fun. It is it is a good exercise, and yeah, it helps. Uh, people like me remember who these players are after I haven't thought mm-hmm. about them in months. It's I can't wait till August when we're like, okay, today it's round seventeen of fantasy leagues. <laughs> there are some intriguing players here. I don't know. We may we may run out of steam one of these days. That day has not arrived yet. And let's begin with a big name who only posted ninth round value last year. That was De'Aaron Fox, who is ninety seventh overall in nine category leagues, around twenty three points, four rebounds, five and a half assists. I mean. This was a big letdown, Stephen. We talked about this on the podcast on Friday when you weren't here. I was talking with Raf and Jared. And, I mean, we generally landed on optimism for De'Aaron Fox bouncing back next year. There were some caveats to that. But I want to get your thoughts. Like, are you out on Fox after what happened last year? Or do you think, in your mind, this guy can bounce back and be more the guy we hoped he would be this past year? I am not out on De'Aaron Fox. Yes, Last season was was disappointing. Yes, he was overdrafted. And actually, I think at this point in his career, his name is probably bigger than his game. He does come with risk, mm-hmm. even when you draft him going into to next season. But I'm not completely, completely turned off. If Tyrese Halliburton were still in Sacramento, I'd be, be done. But there yeah. is some hope. There is some hope for De'Aaron Fox. There is some hope. And, you know, Raf pointed out or Jared pointed out that before the season, Raf had pointed out my one concern about Fox is that he plays for the Kings. And that kind of came to fruition a bit. And I do think the one thing along those lines we have to watch for is in the upcoming draft, Sacramento currently has the number four pick. If they take Jaden Ivey with that number four pick, you know, ball dominant guard, that is going to probably scare me away from De'Aaron Fox again. Because Fox was good. I mean, 23 points and almost six assists is is not bad, but you know he took a hit in several areas last year. And I mean, given the 
you know, some of the risks with him as a player, the free throws and turnovers, et cetera, you know, you just, you just don't want to reach, but you know, whatever. It wasn't a disaster. I guess all things considered for De'Aaron Fox. Um, your, your team, you could win with De'Aaron Fox on your team. It wasn't like he, he completely let every fantasy manager down all the way. You could survive, especially if you took him, if you got him late enough, but he just wasn't, just didn't live up to the hype that we thought he would. And Matt, another very concerning thing, which you guys probably covered on Friday, 59 games, 58 games, 51 games. Those are his last three seasons. Back Um, in time. Yeah. He's a little most recent. Yeah. Yeah. 59, 58, 51 going backwards. He's a little dude. I mean, he's a he's a point guard. He's quick, but he's he's been banged up a lot. And yeah, you know, that's a good I point. need I need more I need more games than that from a guy that I'm going to invest a high draft pick into. So, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 not out, but I'm not all in on the Aaron Fox. Number ninety eight this past season was Jalen Brunson, who averaged around sixteen points, four rebounds, five assists, point eight steals, one point two threes. Even better than that in the playoffs in a lot of categories, where he averaged twenty one point six points per game in the postseason for Dallas. Steve, you're obviously a Mavs guy. Jalen Brunson's future, in terms of what team he's on, is an open question mark. I mean, this is a guy who is going to go well before you know the ninth round in drafts uh we've had some discussion about where we think this guy should be drafted where where are you currently and given that we don't know what team he's on yet (laughs) yeah i mean if he's on the knicks i'm thinking like third or fourth round probably if he's back in dallas i don't know seventh or eighth round somewhere in there i i still can't wrap my head around like it, it was the tale of two seasons in dallas like they traded porzingis who is a big man, and to, to get a, a little guy, Spencer Dinwiddie, who was, appeared to be kind of washed up. And it, it so then they're running this three-point guard set with Luka and Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson out there, and it's like, how is that going to work? And that's going to hurt everybody, and it actually didn't hurt anybody. They they got better as the regular season went on, and everybody was getting their numbers, it seemed like. But then in the playoffs – yeah, they beat Phoenix, but it didn't work in the long run, and they they really were missing big men. So Dallas really has a lot of offseason issues to deal with. And one, they need a big man besides Boban Marjanovic coming off the bench. And uh, they got things to work out. But I mean, Jalen Brunson, if if Luca wasn't on that team, he would have been he would have been an all star. Like he he the games that Luca was not playing, Jalen just took over and could do whatever he wanted. He's so aggressive and strong and takes the ball inside without fear. He, he's pretty fun to watch. He also played in 79 games, Matt, and that, that's yeah. a lot. He's going to need a little, you know, he's going to need more volume. It, it, more volume in a new role, I think, is the key to, for him because he's a fantasy point guard who didn't get a lot of assists or steals this year compared to some other fantasy point guards. So, he needs just a bigger – if he's got a bigger role, he's going to – I don't think I'm with you in wherever the third or fourth round, like you said, but – If he's playing somewhere where he's he's the starting point guard. Like, yeah. the fact he put up those numbers playing besides Luca, besides Luca and, and Dinwiddie, like, to me, is it's pretty impressive. All right, number 99, Sadiq Bay of the Pistons. 
Averaged around 16 points, five and a half rebounds, nearly three assists. However, he shot below 40% from the floor, 39.6% on about 14 attempts per game. Steve, I know you have some opinions on Sadiq Bey. I mean, on the one hand, it is encouraging, actually, that he finished inside the top 100 while shooting below 40%. But is he a guy you're going to be targeting in the later rounds? Sadiq Bey, I think Sadiq Bey is a guy that Jared Johnson cut last season in our super competitive NBC league. I picked him up. And he went off for like 50 points or something crazy right after I right after I got him off the wire. And I, t- I texted Jared. I was I was like, dude, that was a huge mistake. You should not have dropped Sadiq Bay. I'm going to use him to come back and destroy you. And he's like, no, just wait till he has his next two of 19 shooting game. Then you'll see why I dropped him. But I held on to Sadiq Bay for the whole year. And, and he actually was pretty good for me. Like, I think the good things he does outweigh the bad. And you just have to accept those, you know, two of 19 occasional meltdowns that, that he puts up there. You know, the master plan didn't work out in the end, but Sadiq Bay was, he was pretty fun on most, most nights. Yeah. You'll forever associate Sadiq Bay with Jared for, for all eternity. I think Steve, probably, probably it's true. The, Number 100 ranked player in nine category leagues was Yusuf Nurkic, again, on a per game basis because he only played 56 games. He averaged around 15 points, 11 rebounds, 2.8 assists, which is actually obviously, I mean, really good for a big man. But Nurkic, as we've talked about a lot, came up way short in blocks, just 0.6 per game for him, which is a huge disappointment. We expect more. We expect more from him overall. Steve, I think... I think the one thing that could get me back on board with Nurkic is the fact that he's a free agent. And I, and I think it's all going to depend where he lands. But a new city, a potentially revised role in a new city, could reinvigorate my enthusiasm for drafting this guy, especially considering that after a disappointing year, you're probably going to be able to get him much later than we've gotten him in years past. Yeah, the games played are always going to be a problem for me. And, you know, there there was a time, a brief window before he broke his leg there. It looked like Nurk was ready to take off and set the world on fire. And we really have never seen that come to fruition. Like you said, a change of scenery could really revitalize him, make him more fun to draft in fantasy leagues. I'm probably out just based on the people I play with, namely you and Ryan and Jonas and, and all you guys, Jared, like I probably will not, I'll be drafting some young stallion two rounds too early when you guys are drafting Yusuf Nurkic. So Yusuf Nurkic is a young stallion, Steve. He's only 27 years old. Then why does he only play 50 games every year? Well, it's it's not correlated with age necessarily, Steve. How old is Yusuf Nurkic? He's 27. He turns 27. 20. Yeah, I was a little surprised to just learn that just now, or we remember that. He's a couple months away from 28, cool. but... Oh, also, um, Matt, I forgot to bring my birthday my birthday supplies with me. I oh, sent you a photo. You did. I will be a great photo. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring. Are you gonna show that photo? I'm gonna try I'm gonna, to find it. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring the birthday party supplies. Maybe yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah. Maybe gotta, next Monday. I'm sure it'll be someone's birthday. Here we go. For anyone watching. 
There you go. There's Steve and his birthday supplies. He went straight yeah. out after the podcast the other day and got a party hat and a party pipe. My head was so calm. fat it popped a string right off that right off that bad boy. Matt, I think you were going to say number number one oh one. Number one oh one. Right. PJ Washington. A guy who just averaged around ten points, five rebounds, two assists. 0.9 steals, 0.9 blocks, 1.7 threes. I would call PJ Washington kind of a deep league, deep league player of note. You know, in a shallow league, this is not a guy who, based on last year, you absolutely had to have in your lineup every week. But I think I think if the league is deep enough, you know, almost one steal, one block per game with those threes is solid. It, it gives him some floor and some value. But I'm really yeah. surprised he was rank, ranked this high with that 71.6 free throw percentage like yeah like when you look at this you look at this list of ninth round guys like pj Mm -hmm. washington is a ninth round guy like i don't look at sadiq bay and jalen brunson and De'Aaron fox is like oh man yeah totally ninth round value they those guys are down here because of something they don't do well whereas Mm -hmm. pj washington doesn't really do anything all that well here's he's here with them it's weird but yes the one thing What's he do? What do you what do you got? No, I was gonna say the one I, I cut you off, but I was gonna say the one thing about PJ Washington that I think we need to be watching is what happens with Miles Bridges. Does Miles Bridges leave? And do they bring in anyone else for that front court when he does leave, if he does leave? Because I think PJ Washington has shown a little bit more, bit more ceiling than he had last year. You know, he only took eight shots per game last year. I think with an increased role, he's a he's a a guy who could be higher than this on the leaderboard. So that's just the one thing I'm watching is that depth chart, how it unfolds. You know, and I think back to last year, we looked at the centers that they had in Charlotte. I was like, man, PJ Washington might have a really good year. And I think I was kind of high on him coming in, but it didn't, didn't really pan out. Yeah. All right. Number one Oh two for the season was buddy healed. But the caveat here is, for Indiana, he was significantly better than that after the trade. For the Pacers in 26 games, he averaged around 18 points, five rebounds, just short of five assists with a steal and 3.13s. Again, that was in 26 games. He got 36 minutes per game for the Pacers after the trade. And he was a top 70, top 70 guy in his time with Indiana. So I think savvy fantasy managers will remember that. Obviously, we got to see what the Pacers do this offseason, but Healed could be in line for an, another really nice role and a really nice season for the Pacers. I mean, he's under contract right now. They're you know he is kind of a core guy for them, depending on what they do. So he's a guy who's very much on my radar earlier than the 100 range. Yeah, and I, I've always liked Buddy Healed. Pacers need to figure out their point guard situation. I mean, it's t- they. I think they want Tyrese Halliburton to do it. They they want Malcolm Brogdon to be elsewhere. All right, at least Pacer fans want that. I don't know about management, but I'd like to see Buddy Heald start at, at shooting guard for that team. Chris Duarte is there. He's He's got a year under his belt. He's going to be ready for more minutes this coming season. TJ Warren, if we ever see him again, he could impact Buddy Heald. But, I mean, I feel like the Pacers like Halliburton and Heald as their, their main point guard and, and swing man and that's good for buddy healed 81 games last year steve for buddy. what are you thinking you think are you thinking buddy healed in like seventh round sixth round 
Seventh? No, yeah, not the sixth, but I think around, assuming that the Pacers don't crowd the situation too much this offseason, yeah, I could see, I could see him being worth, you know, the seventh in the seventh round. Yeah. I mean, the, the assists, the playmaking is really what tips it for me, you know? You well, don't like know, assists, but we know that do. assists are very hard to come by in fantasy. Steve, if you missed my episode last week with Steve, he does not does not like assists. He revealed not a fan. I like assists. Not- I'm just not. I'm just not obsessed like y'all are. And like, oh, it's impossible to find assists. It's not. It's not. You can get assists with Buddy Heald in the seventh round. Give me a break. Yeah. Fine. Let's <laughs> see how it is. You know who else got some assists this year, Steve? Oh, That's- here we go. Here we go. Guy by the name of Patrick Beverly. Oh, now. Yeah. Putting aside Beverly's persona, which I think irks some people, you know, his he he I think it's safe to say Beverly irks some opponents on the basketball court. And and some people, you know, some people he's not he's not for everyone, but in terms of fantasy, Beverly had a, a really nice season when he was on the court. And I'm in particular talking about 1.2 steals, 0.9 blocks, 1.43s, and 4.6 assists. He was a solid guy to have for a lot of this past fantasy season, Steve. And I think he's going to be available late in drafts next year because he's Patrick Beverly. Well, and he scored 9.2 points per game last year. Hey, so there, there's that. You can get those elsewhere. You can make that up <laughs> elsewhere. He's a nice glue guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. End of the end yeah. of the roster, rotate him in, sneaky source of assists and blocks. And just a, a 58-game beast of a scary guy when he's out there. You know, I I love you, I love the fact that you love Pat Beverly and you will stick up for Pat Beverly at all times. You're like, look, I like the steals, I like the assists, good glue guy at the end of my at the end of my bench. I'm I'm taking I'm drafting him every year, and I think you will. I think you'll end up with Pat Bev on a lot of your teams. I don't think I'll have him on very many of mine because you know you guys love the assists. I kind of like guys who score more than nine points a game. And Pat Bev doesn't do that. But I'm with you, man, in all seriousness. If he's sitting there at the very end or near the end of your draft and you need steals, blocks, threes, I mean, those those are the big three. It's fantasy gold, as they say. I mean, if you took that stat line that he had and just made it, you know, 12 or 13 points, he's going multiple rounds earlier. So I, I think. So you're getting a, a real discount on drafting him just because he scored nine points. And because he annoys some people, and because he's injury prone. I mean, those are three significant things. But again, he he's very much on my radar past the 100 range as someone I will draft. And I feel like he's more of a true ninth, mid ninth round ranking yeah. guy. Like he, this yeah. is where he belongs. And to be clear, I'm not going to weep if someone gets him and I don't in the ninth round. Well, I, you, I probably... you know, you'll be able to pick him up on, on waivers a month later, so it's fine. Yeah, everything yeah. is fine. Number 104 was Chuma Okiki of the Magic, who played in 70 games, averaged around 8.5 points, 5 rebounds. The best thing about Okiki's season was 1.4 steals, 0.6 blocks, and 1.73s. I mean, those three categories, you know, put him on my radar, Steve, but it's going to be crowded potentially in Orlando. They've got a top draft pick coming in. They might have Jonathan Isaac back. Okiki is really... Probably more of a early season watch list player for me, not a guy that I'm actively going to be drafting, unless it's a super, super deep league. Did you say Jonathan 
who Jonathan Isaac. 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 He yes. He is saying that he might play this season. I mean, we have to assume at some point he's going to play again. Huh. What's that would last be weird. Isaac update. While you're talking, I'm going to look that up. That would be weird. But Chuma Okiki, one thing I would say about him is I feel like there's a ton of upside here, ton of untapped raw potential. I could see him being kind of a fantasy stud like two years from now. But other than taking a last round flyer on him this season, I, I think that's about as far as I would go. And even then, Isaac, I bet I can find somebody I'd rather take than Okiki. Isaac underwent a procedure back in March for a hamstring injury that he suffered while rehabbing his knee, for whatever that's worth. But we haven't really heard substantial injury updates. No, that's then. pretty substantial. He had surgery no, I mean, on his hamstring? That was in March. Said? That was March. I mean, come on, Jake. That's just, that's rough. That it's is tough. Rough. It's tough. Also in Orlando, the 105th ranked player was the rookie Franz Wagner, who was a really nice waiver wire pickup this this past season while averaging, you know, around 15 points, four rebounds, four and a half rebounds, three assists, 0.9 steals, 0.4 blocks, 1.23s, good percentages, didn't turn it over. I, I mean, Wagner was a nice guy to have this past season, but again, there are now questions about how crowded it's going to be in Orlando. What do his minutes look like next year after they've added the number one pick? And if Isaac is back again, still an if. But I just think Wagner won't be a guy that I'm I'm reaching for, but he's solid at worst. Yeah, and I was trying to because I'm not very good at the internet. I was trying to look at how he did his splits be post All Star and pre All Star because I feel like before the break he was he was fifteen point six before the break, thirteen point eight after the break all of his numbers were a little bit higher because there was a time for those first couple months of the season where he, he was one of the waiver wire pickups of the, yeah of the year candidates. Like he, he played really well. I think we're going to have to see how everything shakes out in Orlando and make sure he's still got a, a prominent as prominent role next year as he had this year. But I mean, if, if this is where we're going to start his career off, I, I feel like, I don't know, in December, dude, he averaged, 19.5 points, five boards, half a block, over a steal, one and a half threes in 14 games. He was at 20 points and, and good numbers. So if he can put all that together for a season, I'm down. I like Franz Wagner. And I mean, it's very possible that the Magic, you know, he was the number eight overall pick. It's very possible, very likely, in fact, that the Magic, regardless of what they do, see this guy as a core guy, you know, and a guy who, Okay, Isaac's back. Wagner's minutes are not the you know he's not the guy that can, that's going to take a hit necessarily. I just I approach the magic with a little bit of caution, just given all the change that could happen. Number one hundred six, Keldon Johnson, who was solid for the Spurs all season, but after San Antonio traded away Derek White, he went up to twenty point five points per game, six point one rebounds, two point eight assists, point nine steals, two point six threes. I mean, this guy had a real a, a good season overall, seventeen points per game per game. An exciting finish. He's only 22 years old, Steve. I'm finding myself very intrigued by Keldon Johnson, one of the more, you know, one of the more exciting guys on this list that we're talking about today. Yeah, he doesn't turn the ball over. He also isn't a great free throw shooter, but he is a better three point shooter than I think we thought he was uh, coming into last season. The numbers, the numbers don't lie. They're, I mean, they're pretty good. I'm a little surprised he's not higher, a little higher ranked with the. Yeah, 
but um, didn't get defensive stats one one steal and block combined so true. the point two that's boxes, the point two blocks is kind of painful painful uh, but you know as i said only only 22 years old i think there's some more untapped upside here i think i like him better than sadiq bay mm. yeah i do I, mm. I do. I think I'll have him higher than Sadiq Bay, which is an interesting fantasy debate, maybe for guys with similar stat sets. But uh, I like yeah. that. When we did talk on Friday, you don't want to overevaluate the way a player finished necessarily. You don't want to put too much into that. But Keldon Johnson was good before the Derek White trade, and assuming this Spurs rotation looks similar, uh, I like him. I'm excited about him. Uh, yeah, I, I I think I'll have Bay above Keldon Johnson, but I like that take. That's that's that'll be a fun fun one to debate once mm-hmm. draft time gets here. Number one hundred seven, the second last player we're going to hit today is Harrison Barnes, who was totally fine. I mean, I don't I don't know what else to say <laughs> about Harrison Barnes. Sixteen and a half points, five and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, one point eight threes, good percentages, doesn't turn it over, doesn't get defensive stats. He combined for point nine steals and blocks he is the ultimate you know kind of boring ninth round guy who you won't like be mad you have him on your fantasy squad he's not going to win you a league and he's not going to lose you a league hey 77 games he's steady he's not he going to blow up and have some monster stat line that just blows your mind but he's he's also not going to have very many meltdowns or, or bad nights mm-hmm. i'm totally fine with drafting harry b near the end of my drafts i i I, i'm i'm good with it yeah i'm i i similarly am now i i don't he's another year older matt how how how, do we need to do i need to put my birthday hat on do we need to find out how old i i think i know but i'm gonna double check i want to hear yeah do you have a hat you can put on or are you just gonna figuratively no they're all in the they're all in the car i never brought my supplies in i'm gonna go with 20 29 I was going to go with 29 myself, Steve, but he just had a – in fact, it's too bad you don't have a hat because he had a birthday two weeks ago. We could have sung to him. He turned 30 on May 30th. Should we start singing? No, we shouldn't start singing happy birthday. But no, but I'll put, put the horn – I'll put the hat on and blow my my party pipes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. We'll do that. Let's do that for Harrison Barnes next time you're on because I think that's one of the more recent birthdays we have. 30 years. Oh, I'm really upset that I didn't that I don't just run downstairs and grab them, but dang it, my fault. Yeah, get it uh, politely, get it together for next time. Matt, I invested two dollars into that equipment, and then I don't even <laughs> remember to bring it with me. Like I know, God. I know, I I'm I'm as disappointed as you are. In fact, probably more disappointed. One left, one player left, one left, and it's it's podcast waiver wire favorite Jared Vando. Vanderbilt, you know, he was kind of a tale of two to three seasons for Van Vando. Two Vandos. I thought for sure he was there and we could finally trust this guy. Like I had him on multiple teams for the first part of the year. He was really solid. His role was really consistent. He got you rebounds, some steals. He just was a nice, another nice fantasy glue guy in Minnesota. End of the year averaging around seven points, eight and a half rebounds, 1.3 steals, 0.6 blocks kind of tailed off slowed down later in the season so you know i mean i'm not gonna be running to draft him next year he'll be he'll be on my radar as always probably probably could get him off waivers honestly in some leagues at the start of the year what is more interesting to me and more 
would be more entertaining would be to start an office pool to see which one of us is going to be the guy that jumps on the Jared Vanderbilt hype wagon leading up to the draft and gets everybody fired up about him. And then for Jared Vanderbilt to do nothing for an entire season, because that's what happens every single year. And it's a different, Ah. different guy. It's a different one of us every year too. To say that he did nothing is kind of hard. I mean, dude, he's almost, he's almost 10th round. Almost. Well, and that that's doing something, but I, I mean, he didn't do what a lot of people wanted him to do, I guess. Six point yeah. nine points. Come on, eight point four rebounds, Matt. So that's going to wrap up round nine. Jared Vanderbilt being the last player in that round. We're going to come back next Monday and look at round ten which there's a lot of interesting things going on there as well with a guy like, say, Brooke Lopez or DeAnthony Melton. Might have to have Jonas on as a special guest next week. But, yeah, Matt, I just told him that wraps it up. We're going to look at uh, round 10 next week. What, okay. do, what do you got? That's it. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, you sound great. Okay. Well, thanks for, thanks for taking care of that while yeah. I was gone. Yeah, and I'll be on Wednesday. Oh, okay, uh, great. I'll be here Wednesday. I'll bring party supplies. Bring the party supplies. Please. I may even bring, I may even bring a a special Braves bobblehead. We can just have Braves bobblehead show and tell. Uh, I people stuff. people would love that. I'm sure. <laughs> Who's on Wednesday with us? Do you know? Do you know who our no. third third member nope. is? We'll I don't find out. We'll find out. It's a surprise. surprise third. Surprise third associate will be here. All right, Steve, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We appreciate that. We're going to be also getting to some NBA draft coverage here soon. And we'll be back on Wednesday and Friday of this week and beyond. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live. Steve, thank you to you. I uh, find Monday to you, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, man. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.